Welcome, Patriots, to the Chris Ann Hall Show. This is J.C. Hall. Uh, Chris Ann is on a flight as we speak. Uh, and so I'll be filling in tonight at the helm, at the microphone. So appreciate you guys being here. And I want to look at, uh, I want to look at the debates tonight. don't know if anybody picked up on that. Uh, but I, I want to talk about, I don't know, maybe three or four, uh, moments that I thought were really interesting. But, uh, before we do that, I want to mention that if you are in California, if you're a listener in California or you listen to this now or later, um, Chris Ann will be in San Luis Obispo Friday and Saturday at the New California State Sixth Constitutional Convention. This is not convention of the states, by the way. Um, this is uh, the state secessionist movement, the, the um, <clears throat> movement in California where they want the New California state to become the 51st state of the union. And uh, they've, they've been working on a constitution for uh, several, well, six years now. Chris Ann's been part of that. And uh, I believe this was, maybe this is the one that was known as the state of Jefferson. I'm not sure, but um, I think it is. And so Chris Ann will be there. So you're interested in that, check it out. Friday, uh, February 28th. Uh, let me show you, let me show you the site here. Where are we at? So Friday, February 28th, 4 p.m. The door is open. 6 p.m. is dinner. Saturday, breakfast is 7.15 uh, sessions begin at 9 a.m. So San Luis Obispo Madonna Inn Expo Center. If you're interested in seeing Chris Ann live and in person and you're in the Northern California area, you can check that out. So that's where she's going to be. And next week she'll be in uh, next Thursday, Friday, Saturday. She'll be in Yuma, Arizona. And so keep an eye out for that. Any of you guys that might be uh, in Arizona or in the Yuma area or any of those things. So once again, I'm J.C. Hall filling in for Chris Ann. This is the Chris Ann Hall Show. So I appreciate you guys being with us tonight. I don't know if you got a chance to look, to watch the Democrat debate that happened um, in South Carolina. So the South Carolina uh Primary, I believe, is coming up uh, on Saturday, and it's supposed to be big deal. Uh, pro the conventional wisdom is it's kind of Biden's last hurrah. If he doesn't win big there, then he's probably done for. And of course, it looks like uh, Bernie Sanders is rolling along pretty strong still. And uh, I believe, I should have pulled this up, but I believe that um, the, uh, what do you call them, caucuses uh, and primaries have given, I believe, 45 uh, delegates to Bernie Sanders so far. Uh, Booty Gig has 25 and Joe Biden has 15. And I, I think, uh, what's his name, Stayer or whatever, has zero. So Bernie's rolling along, and 
you know, looks looks to be, in my mind, I, I think he has a good chance to be the nominee. Obviously, all that will be settled Tuesday. Um, but the better Bernie Sanders does on Saturday, probably the better he'll do on Tuesday. He keeps He keeps rolling along, man, picking up momentum. And I think, you know, some of the, some of the pundits, in my opinion, uh, have properly diagnosed that the, the so-called moderate, what they call moderate Democrats, are essentially splitting, you know, s- splitting the, uh, the ticket out there and diluting their own votes and pretty much guarantee Bernie Sanders is going to roll along as long as none of them drop out. So Bernie's all for everybody. Everybody's staying in the race. All the all the uh, not, all the Democrat um, candidates who are not named Bernie Sanders are calling for one another to, to drop out so that uh, the the voters can coalesce behind uh, one moderate, so-called uh, moderate candidate. But I don't see that happen. None of them want to drop out. Everyone wants the other one to drop out, but none of them want to drop out. And uh, pro- that's probably going to be pretty good, pretty good news for Bernie Sanders. Uh, the pundits say that's probably good news for Donald Trump because um, you know he'll he'll be able to beat Bernie Sanders. I, I maybe, but I'm not 100% convinced of that. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? We'll see. But it seems like he's he's gaining popularity. Uh, who knows? But let's look at a few moments uh, from from the uh, Democratic debates that I thought were was amazing. One of the things, one thing that I learned, right? These are these are sort of my favorite moments, right? My favorite moments from the debate. And one of the things I learned uh, and titled the show: apparently, you can buy a congressperson, a congressman. For a cool five mil. So if we listen to we listen to Bloomberg in his astounding statements on the Democrat debate stage, then we learn that you can basically buy a congressman for about five million, which which is pretty cheap, I think. It's overall pretty cheap. So check this out. This here's here's what Bloomberg said. Uh, as you know, they were basically accusing him of um, being a closet Republican and, and supporting right wing candidates and all this sort of stuff. And so here, here is Bloomberg's response to that. Now check check this out. This this when you find out how much. So the question is, how much does a congressman cost? You you can have your own congressman uh, if you can pay the price tag. Listen to this. Bloomberg. Let's just go on the record. They talked about 40 Democrats. 21 of those were people that I spent $100 million to help elect. <laughs> the, all of the new Democrats that came in and put Nancy Pelosi in charge and gave the Congress the ability to control this president, I, bought, I, I got them. Number two. I, 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 bought, I bought, I bought, I bought, I bought, I got them. So Bloomberg, Bloomberg. <laughs> just almost admitted in the Democrat presidential debate that he bought the Democrat majority in the House of Representatives. <laughs> oh my goodness. All, all of the candidates, those, t- he says 21 candidates. So the Democrats gained the majority 
Uh, he says 20, 21. So we round that off to, let's say, 20 candidates. So $100 million he spent. $100 million for about 20 candidates. It's about $5 million bucks. So you can buy, you can buy a, a congress, congressman, congresswoman, Democrat congressman for about five mil. Now, now uh, you know, Bloomberg had 100 mil to spend, so he actually bought 21. So, which is, which is about $4.8 million, um, Bloomberg says he, he bought uh, the Democrat majority. So there you go. Now, now you know how it works, right? This is proof. This is what we've kind of said all along, right? They're bought and paid for. Um, now we know at least one person by name on record who at least almost, almost on record, he, he catches himself. And it's funny, his campaign says, no, he, he said, he said back, he said, I backed the candidates, not bought the candidates. Ability to control this president. I bought, I, I, I bought, 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 bought. I, I got them. I got them. I, I bought, I bought, I bought. That doesn't sound like back. I backed, I backed, I bought, I back, I bought. I bought, I, I, I bought, I bought them. <laughs> Not back them. I bought them. So, so now we know 100 billion or 100, excuse me, 100 million for 21 candidates, 4.4.76 million dollars ahead. So that's how much Democrats uh, cost, apparently. If you want one, if you have that in the bank, you can have your Democrat. Um, candidate. So that, that's the math. That's the math there. Now, speaking of math, uh, speaking of math, one of my other favorite moments of the debate came from Joe Biden. I don't know. You guys have probably seen this, you know, a bunch of right wingers watching the show. So you've probably seen this thing. But this <laughs> this is hilarious. Joe Biden again. Like he's he is the king of of flub. He's the king of just say something stupid, say some. Uh, remember, he's what did he say? He's 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 not about facts. He's about truth. Like we, truth is more important than facts. Whatever that means. So Joe Biden is not not big on facts. So um, he's okay with just making making stuff up, and he does that pretty often. You know, people suggest maybe he's senile. You're getting too old. You had a good run, Joe. It's time to be put out to pasture because he seems to make these errors often if you want to call it i i heard something about uh him saying i don't know he was arrested in south africa fighting for mandela or something like he he uh he launched a prison break of mandela i i think you know him and uh him and robin hood uh and the terminator and peter pan uh bought some dynamite on the black market in South Africa and tried to bust Mandela out of jail and end up getting arrested. Some, some, some story like that. So just, you know, similar um, fantasy stuff that he makes up. Here, here's another one. So here's one of his uh, from, from the debate. Listen to this. This is amazing. First off, you, you listen, and I would watch the whole debate. You listen to the thing. Joe Biden took credit for everything. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what President Obama, I don't remember what he had 
Joe Biden doing all the time, like cutting ribbons on parks or um, selling cookies with Girl Scouts or planting flowers uh, at an old folks home or whatever. But Joe Biden, to hear Joe Biden, uh, he wrote every piece of legislation. He passed everything. He did everything. So, I mean, if you listen to him, like he's already not, not just already been president. He was actually king. Like nobody, nobody knew it, but he was king. So he, he wrote the legislation. He passed the legislation. He enforced the legislation. Uh, he went to foreign countries and was, was dip, main diplomat. Like he's the one that talked to, um, uh, the president of, of, or the leader of China, China, right? Xi Jinping, whatever. And, and Joe, like Joe is this <laughs> really just this obnoxious belligerent. He's so belligerent. It's hilarious. Uh, and, and he, he sounds more like some mafioso enforcer and he's telling all these stories, his tough guy stories. And he went to China and he basically, uh, forced Xi Jinping into submitting to his will. And, you know, Joe says, that's essentially how you, that's how you have to do this foreign policy. You just go there and you tell them that you're going to do it and you make demands and you make them submit to your will. Otherwise we're going to break out the Louisville slugger and we'll start breaking kneecaps and, you know, cutting off toes and like that. Like I was watching the debate and I thought you should just give Joe a bat and just turn him loose. Like he, boom, last man standing. I'm the Democrat nominee. That's you, you get that attitude from Joe, like totally belligerent guy. Like I, I imagine he's a lo- lo- lovable grandpa to his grandkids, I'm sure. But you know he's one of those stern, like you, this guy gets no lip. I sit down. I said sit down. Keep your mouth shut. You kind of get that impression from Joe. He's this belligerent, tough guy. But here he, he just, this is a little factoid that Joe creates that is really crazy, really crazy. So listen, listen to listen to reality according to creepy Uncle Joe. Carnage on our streets. A hundred and fifty million people have been killed since 2007 when Bernie voted to exempt the gun manufacturers from liability. More than all the wars including Vietnam, from that point on. Carnage on our street, and I want to tell you. Carnage on our streets. Carnage on our streets. Carnage, I tell you. Did you, did you, catch, did you catch Joe's math? Did you pick up on that? Since apparently the NRA, enabled by Bernie Sanders, when Bernie Sanders covered for gun owners, since Bernie Sanders did that, according to Joe, 150 million people have died due to gun violence uh, in America. 150 million people. Or in other words, half of the entire population has died since 2007. 150 million people, Biden says, have died, uh, have been shot to death in the street. 
Half the population of America has been shot to death in the street <laughs> since 2007, according to Joe Biden. I, I think it might be like that movie. Who remembers that movie, Sixth Sense, with, uh, with um, what's the guy's name? The, the diehard guy, right? Yippee Kaye. Uh, the Sixth Sense movie, I See Dead People. I think that's Joe. What? 150 million deaths? Come on, Joe, what are you talking about? Oh, my goodness. That's half the population of the United States. Does he believe that or is he? Something's got to be wrong with Joe. I mean, don't they have mandatory health checks, mental health? I think he needs a PET scan or an MRI. Yeah, Bruce Willis, that guy. 150 million people. I think Joe sees dead people. I think he's like he's seen, you know, all of the the. The souls of the dead walking around in the streets since 1960. I mean, is that, is that what we're seeing here? It's 150 million people, Joe. Come on. I think it's something like 350,000 people have died uh, to, to gun violence. And it's something like 95% of those are suicide. Uh, 150 million people. Joe, Joe. We, we, we only have like 300 million people in the entire country. <laughs> so every, everyone east of the Mississippi has died since 2007. Like you guys, everybody listen to the show, you actually are dead. You don't know it. You don't even exist. Okay, 150 million people. Come on. What, what is wrong with this guy? Please. They should at least, like his grandkids. He's always talking about his grandkids. Oh, Pops. And we love you, Pops. And you're going to put up with this, Pops. You're going to run, Pops. You're going to save us, Pop Pops, or whatever. I don't know, whatever he says. You're going to save us. You're going to save us from the orange man, Pops. Don't do this. They'll be so mean to you, Pops. Don't do it. I mean, you know, from his stories, his, his kids and grandkids, they, they care about him. So, guys, give him his medicine like if you really care about your grandfather give him his meds before he leaves the house it's embarrassing it's embarrassing it's embarrassing he thinks guys he thinks half the population of the united states is dead come on if you care about your granddad give him his meds encourage your mommy and daddy to give grandpa joe his medication before you let him do a presidential debate or a town hall meeting or give a speech. Come on, show, show the guy some love, care, care for your family, care for the elderly. This is elderly abuse. You're letting Joe Biden do a Democrat debate. He's running for president of the United States, for goodness sake. You cannot let him do that if he hasn't taken his medication. This is, this is elder abuse. Somebody should report the Bidens, the Biden family for elder abuse. Let him, get him to take his medication. Come on. Crazy. So, a little more of the theater, a little more of the theatrics of the uh, Democrat debate. One of, one of my other, uh, another interesting moment of the theater from, from last night. Uh, 
This is, this one is, uh, well, first off, the, the Russian collusion thing, right? So the whole Russian collusion uh, bit now seems to be a, a permanent part of, of the political discourse, of the political theater that's performed. The, the, apparently the Russia hoax, the Russia, Russian collusion thing is here to stay. So it wasn't just for um, it wasn't just for Donald Trump. You know, we saw it. Uh, we saw Hillary trotted out against um, Tulsi Gabbard, and and now here it is again. So apparently, this the, the whole Russia collusion thing is here to stay. And this was uh, th I thought this was this was kind of funny. Let me make sure I got the right uh, the right one here. Yeah, I, I thought. Donald Trump this thinks it would be better if he's president. I do not think so. Vladimir Putin thinks that Donald Trump is, should be president of the United States. And that's why Russia is helping you get oh, elected so Mr. you'll Bloomberg. lose to him. <laughs> uh, Russia is trying to help you get elected, bro. Oh, Mr. Bloomberg. So Russia's, this Russia, Russia collusion thing. Russia collusion thing is here to stay. So even the Democrats are attacking the Democrats of this Russia collusion uh, nonsense. So, <laughs> uh, it's pretty funny. So Bloomberg, I, and I think this was, this is one of the opening statements. Um, I think it's the first thing with Bloomberg, if I remember correctly. He just, he launches into Bernie. Of course, you know, Bernie's the top dog now in this, this whole, uh, this whole show. So uh, they have to, they have to go after Bernie and try to take him down. So now it's the Russia collusion thing. Uh, Bernie, Bernie's a Russian, uh, Russian bot as well. So yeah, Russia. <laughs> That's why Russia, Russia, Russia wants you to win, Bernie. Russia, Russia supporting you. Oh man, hilarious, stinking hilarious. So, uh, but but this was this was interesting. Um, let's see, I got the. So that was Bloomberg uh, attacking Bernie, and I am not looking. Kind of the theme uh, now is this: you know, make make Bernie, make everybody scared of Bernie because he's the radical. So even now, the Democrats are you know constantly talking about Bernie being too radical forward to a scenario where it comes down to Donald Trump with his nostalgia for the social order of the 1950s and Bernie Sanders with a nostalgia for the revolutionary politics of the 1960s. <laughs> right? So Bernie's the revolutionary. And then, then of course, Bernie goes on a rip uh, about all the stuff he's proposing. Booty, booty gig is yelling over him. You know, there's universal health care for everybody. Is that radical? Is, you know, all this all the crazy stuff that he wants. Uh, but, th but that's, so that's the thing. It w was funny to watch all of the radicals talking about how radical, how Bernie Sanders is, is too radical, which that's, that's the funny thing about this whole scenario. And even, even, even Trump, even with Donald Trump in there, this, this comparison thing, right? It's the whole, uh, you know, crisis solution. Here's the crisis. Here's the problem. Let me offer you the solution. So 
you put something so bad and so radical, this is radical, and then people have to turn and go, okay, we'll, we'll, pick, we'll pick the one that's, that's not radical by comparison. So you have an entire stage of radicals pointing to the one guy saying he's, you know, he's way too radical, so pick one of us. So it's all a setup so that no matter what you choose, you get a radical. But they have the, the foil, right? The foil of this guy's, this guy's crazy. He's so radical. He's so crazy. And you know, I, I, I don't remember if, I, if Chris Ann and I talked about this. I talked about this on a, on a show with, um, on another show. And this is where, this is where all you Trump, Trump supporters, right? Any Trump, Trump Jesus people out there, this is where you get mad at me. Um, you have a similar situation where you've got Bernie Sanders, right, who wants to spend $50 trillion, $60 trillion on these programs, completely just, just bankrupt America, destroy the American economy, destroy uh, the dollar. I mean, just, just a total spending beyond your wildest imagination, right? But that's in comparison to this Congress, this administration, where spending hasn't, it's not like spending has changed. We're still spending ourselves into oblivion, even under the Trump administration. So, so here's your choice again. Do you want to slowly spend yourself into oblivion, oblivion? Or do you want, right, with, with what we have, the status quo as far as the spending we're just talking about, the spending, you can, you, you, know, you can point to stuff that Trump does that you like, but you can't say we have a new era of limited government and less spending. That, no, we don't have that. We're, we're spending ourselves into oblivion. So then you're, the choice, right, the fake choice you're offered is you want to do that slowly with the status quo, what you have, or do you want to spend so much so fast that the country is destroyed in six months. Oh my gosh, we don't want the whole thing just to collapse. This is Bernie Sanders, this spending is crazy. That's nuts to spend that much money. So let's stick with, you know, let's, let's stick with the spending, spending the money we can't afford over here uh, as, to, as opposed to spending the money we really can't afford over here, right? What sort of choice, so what sort of choice is that? You know, so it's funny, you see mirrored on the Democrat stage, Bernie Sanders versus some of these other people where they say, oh, Bernie Sanders, it's going to cost too much. This, this spending framework is so radical that it's destructive to the economy. It's destructive to, to the nation. And, and, and then, but so, and uh, we're going to spend less, right? We're still going to spend astronomical amounts. So you, so you still have that, that dichotomy. And then it's the same mirrored dichotomy in Republican versus whoever the candidate is, you know, spend a ridiculous amount or spend a ridiculous amount squared, right? What is, so what are we doing here? What are we doing? And, and again, you know, so let's say, as we've said, we've been inside the administration. We've seen stuff that, uh, we've seen people that Trump has put into place to dismantle uh, areas of some of these executive agencies, 
and roll back uh, harmful regulations and different things. But then, you know, let's let's say, which I can't say the Trump administration is doing, but let's just assume they were, the Trump administration was defending your right to keep and bear arms. Um, let's just say that was an actual thing, <laughs> which it's not. But let's say it was a thing, right? Maybe that's, maybe that might be, that may would be the only important thing because if the spending that's going on collapses the entire nation, which is where we're headed. I mean, we're headed to a crisis. There's no question about it. Then maybe the, you know, the, 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 the right to keep a bare arms or the ability to keep a bare arms uh, might be the only valuable thing you have left. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, it's just an interesting, interesting comparison to me. And I know you know all the all the I see the numbers going down. So all the Trump supporters are actually leaving the broadcast at the moment. So that wasn't an anti-Trump uh, rant. It, it was just speaking about reality. Like, and 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 by the way, if if that's some sort of Trump-hating fake news, right? Because as I said, many many things, many things that I like that has been done in this administration. Um, but if that's anti-Trump fake news, then please show me where our spending is under control. Show me in the federal government uh, where our spending is under control. That, that's not happening. And, uh, you know, so is there a difference? Yeah, there's a difference. There's a difference, I think, in the, you know, in how extreme one or the other is how fast and how, you know, the extent to which they'll spend money we don't have. But to say there's a difference in, you know, okay, on you have a choice between less government, lower spending and, you know, radical spending. No, you have a, you have a choice between radical spending and more radical spending. Now, you may uh, look at other issues like Second Amendment. Is the federal government under a Trump administration gonna gonna full bore go after your your firearms and try to confiscate them? No, probably not. Is is a Sanders administration would they do that? Probably. Would a Biden administration do that? Probably. In fact, Biden said that in the debates. I'm coming after you. I'm coming for your guns. I'm coming for the gun manufacturers. So. You know, but that's out in the open now. Any Democrat candidate, the Democrats, they're coming for your guns. It's just the way it is. And of course, Klobuchar now, she, you know, it, <laughs> her funny comment was, uh, you know, the way she judges her gun policies uh, is whether, it, how it affects, if it hurts Uncle Dick, her Uncle Dick in the uh, in the deer stand. So um, she, she doesn't do things that uh, hurt her Uncle Dick, apparently. Uh, so, which would make for uh, pr- pr- some interesting but embarrassing bumper stickers for uh, for her presidential campaign. But you know, that, yeah, that's what she said. So that's how she that's how she uh, uh, decides how that works. Um, so I, I, I don't I don't know what's going on there. Um, let me see if now here's one final statement in the debates that I found in, incredibly uh, interesting and hypocritical. But uh, let me see, let me see if I have the right one 
queued up here. This should be from Elizabeth Warren. The time Warren. has come for us to stop acting like the presidency is the only office that matters. Look, Hello. if you want to keep the House in Democratic hands, you might want to check with the people who actually turned the House blue. Forty Democrats who yeah. are not running you on your platform. They are running away from your platform as fast as they possibly can. Okay, that's an interesting comment from... Uh, from Booty Gig, I'll get I'll get to Elizabeth Warren in just a second. Um, but Chris Ann and I have had this conversation. So why does it matter? Why does it matter in a political sense? You know, I mean, you know, we're assuming all this is is, is real. Um, we know much of it's theater, but let's just say from from political theory uh, point of view and the practical workings of politics, why why does it matter? Uh, in a sense, who who is the Democrat candidate and booty gig and some of the others were trying to make this point that he's stating here that who is who the nominee is affects the other races, the, what they call the down ticket races. So how I mean, you have the House that uh, Republicans want to take back the Senate that Republicans want to keep uh, or the Democrats want to take. And the idea that they're trying to put forward is if it's Bernie Sanders, then you know, people are not, people are going to run the opposite direction uh, in these House races and Senate races because they don't want to turn it over to, they don't want to have a Democrat socialist to have full control of this thing. And so that's the whole, you know, that's the whole, uh, the whole message that last night that it matters who's, who our nominee is because, you know, Pete, we want, we want to take back these other uh, houses so that we can actually get something done. Because let's face it, Bernie Sanders, you know, lame duck president for four years, even if he won, you know, without, without, uh, you know, winning the, the Senate and the House. Otherwise, which I think either way, the guy has to essentially overthrow the government to, to get done what he says he's going to get done. I mean, you just can't, there's just no way he's going to be able to do stuff he, he, he promises. Um, but no, so it makes an interesting point that who's there could affect these raises. So you never know. I mean, like all things being equal, it doesn't look like uh, that the Republicans are, are going to be able to take the House. But then if Bernie Sanders is a nominee, that may be such a, such a hard push away from him that Republicans could end up with the Senate and the House. And so you, you just have, I mean, Bernie Sanders would be Nothing at that point, figurehead. Uh, and then, of course, that could mean serious problems at the midterm in 2022 when it usually swings the other way. And when, you know, when you see Bernie Sanders at the top not able to do anything and you've got this, you know, you've got this taste of blood in the radical's mouth that, man, we were able to get our guy up there and now he's not doing it. You, you could have, I mean, you could have revolution in the streets. I mean, these people probably go nuts at that point if he's there and, and they don't have uh, both houses. I think if they just, you know, they get Bernie in there, they have the house, they don't have the Senate. I, I suspect you're going to see complete lunacy out of these people. You know, just the fact that there he is, but yet they can't do anything done because the Senate's stopping everything. Um, you know, there's no telling what, what, what you'll see, but this is what I wanted to hit with Elizabeth Warren, who this, this was, this, this is a, this is an incredible, um, Incredible comment that she makes. L listen to this. Elizabeth Warren. Unbelievable. At least I didn't have a boss who said to me, kill it. 
the way that I, Mayor Bloomberg never said that have said to one of oh, his on. pregnant employees. So did you catch that? She's talking about when she was, you know, she's a school teacher, special ed teacher. She gets pregnant and, you know, her whatever principal, whoever f fires her because she's pregnant. She says to Bloomberg, at least I didn't have a boss who said, kill it like Bloomberg is alleged to have said to one of his employees, which he says he didn't say, whatever, which is beside the point. The thing about, the, the, the crazy thing about this is this, is this is Elizabeth Warren that used the phrase, kill it, kill, kill what? Kill what, Senator Warren? What, what are you killing exactly? I mean, because I thought your stance was a fetus can't be killed, right? Remember, it's not a person. I mean, what is you? you what do you? What are you? What are you killing? I, I I thought. I mean, looking at your record, Senator, that an unborn baby was was just you know some gooey collection of cells. It's not like it's a person, right? So how, how do you kill it? I thought it wasn't killing. I thought it was my private body and I'm just making the choice to do with my body. Are, are you saying Bloomberg told someone to kill their body? Like, what are you referring to that Bloomberg said kill? That would imply a baby. That would imply a child, a life. Is it a life or isn't it a life, Senator Warren? I mean, because if it's a life, then your story may make sense. And I applaud you. But if we go on your record and your rhetoric, the bottom line is you're a hypocrite and a liar who is just trying to score political points off of your opponent by mouthing something that you yourself and all the radical candidates on that stage don't believe. So, you know, South, South Carolina Democrats, you know, because... Uh, we, we, we are to believe that many Democrats in South Carolina, this is the South after all, they're supposed to be conservative Democrats. Uh, so how did you enjoy, you conservative Democrats in South Carolina, how did you enjoy this hypocrite peeing down your leg in last night's debate? Oh, someone... Uh, let me kick my baby, unlike evil Bloomberg who wants to kill babies. Uh, I thought that was the Democrat Party platform. Kill babies. So what? what is this hypocrisy? Kill it. Give me a break, Senator. What a bunch of garbage. You guys cheer on murdering babies every other day of the year, but when you think you can score points off Bloomberg, off of Bloomberg because of some salacious story that he told somebody to kill her baby, now, now, 
somehow you're going to mouth some care for the unborn. What a load of crap. Give me a break. Take a hike. Get out of here with that. What a bunch of nonsense. Such a hypocrite. Unbelievable to me. So how in the world Democrats could swallow garbage like that is beyond me. But then again, I mean, anybody that's pro-life and still in the Democrat Party, for goodness sake, uh, you know, you might not be playing with a full deck anyway. You might be crippled too high for crutches, as they say, uh, for us to be even having this conversation. So, you know, that's another thing. Maybe, Maybe the reason you vote Democrat is because you buy garbage like this. You hear some sound bite. Oh, Elizabeth Warren cares for this. She's not like the other Democrats. Okay, whatever. Kill it. Kill it. Okay. Yeah, Lizzie, we hear you. Uh, I just, I don't know what to say. I don't know what else to say about that. Unbelievable. But the whole show was entertaining. Uh, they're screaming and yelling at each other. I mean, it was a it was a knockdown, uh, knockdown drag out at the debate. It's pretty funny, and total total chaos at at this point. Total chaos in the Democrat Party. I what it remains to be seen. It will be interesting how it all falls out on uh, Tuesday, because. Again, the conventional wisdom, and I, you know, I think even I said this for a time, conventional wisdom is that Bernie, you know, Bernie can't win over Democrats. I, yeah, I don't know about that. I, 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 I you know, I said, because I said this, and I said this on the show, I don't think, um, well, and I still think this, that your average Democrat voter um, is not a radical mark, like they don't lean so hard left. They don't lean as far left as Bernie leans. But what I did say is it will be very important. What will be critical is whether or not those Democrats who are not as leftist as Bernie, whether they can make that connection between what he's saying and the philosophy that that uh, he stands for and that he's espousing. Um, so, I I uh, I don't know, and you know, this is uh, this looks like an interesting comment. Uh, facts are what they are. You may not like his policies, but all I'm saying is let's have an honest conversation about uh, where we differ. Any evidence? Okay, this must be to the other guys that uh, are, are Bernie's backed by Soros. Is that is that what we're saying, or or is this Trump backed by Soros? Um, here's 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 the thing, and uh, what's his name? Tom Steyer said this. I had this clip, but I didn't I didn't keep it. But Steyer says in the debate, he says Bernie's analysis of the problem uh, is accurate. He said, but it's Bernie's solutions that I have a problem with. And I really think that's that's Bernie's hook. Uh, is because I I agree with that. I actually agree 
in general with Stayer's assessment that when you know when you listen to Bernie and not all the things but many of the things and I would honestly say most of the things most of the problems that he points to um, he's right we have those problems and that's that's ha- that to me is the hook of Bernie you know t- to the voters because listen your average voter is not like me is not like you your the average voter is not like anybody listening to this show or anybody that will listen to this show everybody listen to the show no matter what side you're on you think about these things you know ideologically you think through you think about the philosophy behind it you know wherever you're at that's the lens you look through and you know you you have a you have an answer you can articulate whether one side agrees with the other or you may find flaws in the argument whatever you have an argument and you inti- you articulate you can articulate that from uh, your point of view and from your ideological uh, worldview here's the thing your average voter doesn't have an ideological worldview they're not they're not um, analyzing and judging the candidates based on that so the thing about Bernie Sanders I believe is this people are simply hearing uh, somebody pretty much point to call out point out the problems that are happening they don't think they don't think too far into his solutions and the thing about it is the Republican and Democrat establishment have created the ground upon which Bernie Sanders can operate because neither the Democrat Party nor the Republican Party have had any interest in dealing with the problems that they've created by by operating in this lawless faction fashion by being so corrupt they've created this crony capitalism they've created the inequality they've they've created all of these problems and because each party wants to be able to wield power with that with no checks or balances when it's their turn they they have never stopped to do the right thing to do the ethical thing and deal with these problems so the problems have festered and festered and festered because of the of the two parties that we have and along comes Bernie Sanders and people listen and they're not thinking about his solutions they see a guy well hey at least he's calling it out at least he's trying he's willing to do something about it oh but what he's gonna do is gonna make it worse well it's 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 bad already so at least he wants to do something give him a try if it doesn't work you know we can do something different that's the that's the mindset uh, uh, I think of your of most of your voters and that was created by the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, who there's there's hardly been a dime's worth of difference between them. They each want to be corrupt when it's their turn. And they have created a, a, a huge... Now, we understand, you know, the education system, the media, and all this stuff has, you know, obviously fueled this. But the, the two parties have set up the scenario where all of this propaganda works, where all the, all the brainwashing works, where people, because Republicans, you know, think about immigration. Think about immigration. 
People argue about immigration, the problems with immigration. Everybody says, "Here's here, we have immigration problem, problems. And, and But then Republicans mouth this nonsense. They don't want to do anything about it because all of their cronies get free and cheap labor. They don't want to secure the border. They don't want to deal with immigration and, and make it a lawful a process, a constitutional process, because they want their free labor. They, they want the money. And then the Democrats, they don't want to do anything about it because they want all the votes. They want to put the people on the voter rolls, get them, get them addicted to government handouts, right? So each party in their turn, they don't want to fix the problem. The gun issue, Republicans, they don't really fight for your right to keep and bear arms because why? Because it's a fundraising mechanism. If we actually deal with the problem, then I can't send an email out scaring all my donors to death that all oh, these guys are coming to get your guns and send me some money and I'll fix it. Okay, you've been sending them money for decades and decades and decades. They don't fix it because they're not interested in fixing it. Then you see uh, the rich getting richer, the poor getting poorer, and so you can build up this hate the rich. And why is that happening? Oh, because capitalism is flawed, capitalism has failed. No, it's because corrupt politicians have gotten in bed with corporations. They've leveraged, leveraged capitalism for their own corrupt means. So we have a distorted view of capitalism, crony capitalism, and all these students who don't know the difference can look and say, capitalism sucks, capitalism failed, let's, let's, let's do something different. And the ignorance of the American people, the brainwashing of all the, these uh, you know, organizations that we've allowed to be taken over, then fuel this situation that has been created. And along comes some of these radical socialists and communists that can spout all these bumper sticker slogans and say they're going to solve the problem. And voters, voters go along with it. They go along with it. You know, so and so the one part of it drives me crazy. It really gets my blood pressure up. Now you see the Republicans railing against Bernie Sanders, the communist, Bernie Sanders, the socialist. And, and look, look what he's going to do to America and destroy America. Fact of the matter is, bro, you destroyed America. There could be no Bernie Sanders if you had not been doing what you've been doing and been corrupt and been operating outside of the Constitution, outside of the bounds of the rule of law for decades on end. You created this monster. So don't stand there, Mr. Republican Congressman, Mr. Republican Senator. Wag your finger at Bernie Sanders. Wag your finger at AOC. You're the one that created them. You made the situation where they could thrive and prey upon our young people who have been miseducated for years. It's not Bernie Sanders' fault for believing what he believes. It's your fault for giving Bernie Sanders the opportunity to cram this propaganda and destructive nonsense down the throats of the American people. So I wish these Republicans would stand up and look in the mirror and stop trying to, uh, you know, stir up all this in fake indignance Look in the mirror and blame who is really to blame. You're to blame and the American people could look in the mirror. We're to blame because we keep electing these corrupt nitwits who make all these promises, who never keep them, who are absolutely lawless and we let them get away with it year after year after year after year. So you should take your freaking Bernie 
Sanders picture, put it on your wall, take out your darts that you're going to get mad and throw at it, put your own face on it and throw darts at yourself. We created Bernie Sanders. Simple as that. So do I want him in? No. Do I want, do I want the country to turn into a Marxist country? Do, do I want it to be Cuba that Bernie brags about? Do I want it to be the Soviet Union where Bernie, Bernie honeymooned? No. Of, of course not. Although on the one hand, one side of me says, give them, give them what they're asking for. Give them what they created. Let them face the consequences of the monster that they created. Let's finally let people learn the reality of what this guy is proposing. Because they're not going to learn it in the colleges. They're not going to learn it from TV. They're not going to learn it from social media. They're certainly sure as heck not going not to learn much of it from the Republicans because they're only going to go so far because if they say too much, they won't be able to be as corrupt as they want to be when it's their turn. So, I, I, you know, I'm just, I'm kind of sick of all the fake indignance about these Marxists. All these fake Republicans that are so upset, you know, how anti-American this guy is, blah, 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 blah. Oh, but, but you're... You're George Bush, or I should say, you're Dick Cheney, Patriot Act, shredding the Constitution, running roughshod over people's rights. That's not un-American. You're, you're, you're crony capitalism, where that you're bought and paid for by every corporate uh, fat cat on Wall Street that fuels the anti-capitalist sentiment in people like AOC. That's not anti-American. So come on, get out of here with your fake indignance. I don't want to hear. I, I, I mean, can you, can you really take seriously Lindsey Graham upset about Bernie Sanders? Like, that's un-American. Really? Mitch McConnell? I mean, we could go down the list. We could go down the list. You bunch of statist, conservative, fake, lawless, corrupt, anti-constitutional, anti-liberty, anti-American, anti-right to keep and bear arm, anti-free speech, anti-religious liberty, anti-due process, anti-Fourth Amendment. I mean, we could go on and on. Oh, but now you're upset because a communist showed up. What is the freaking difference? When you've been shredding the Constitution, Republican Party, you've been shredding the Constitution, and still are, for over a hundred years. Oh, and I'm supposed to cheer you on at attacking Bernie Sanders because it's, oh, it's terrible, it's awful. Give me a freaking break. Jesus said, how about, you, how about you check your own eyeball? How about you pull the moat out of your own eye before you go poking around in somebody else's eye? I, I, you know, 
I would like to see, instead of the Democrat debate stage, and here's Bernie Sanders and spouting his Marxism and everybody saying he's too, he's, all the other Marxists saying he's too Marxist. I want to see a panel of, of these status, fake, Republican, hypocrites, anti-American, anti-liberty pieces of garbage on the stage, repenting and confessing your crimes to the American people. That's the, that, that's the stage show that I want to see. I think that would be a lot more productive than seven Marxists arguing about who's, who's more racist, who's more radical, who's more gay. You know, I, I say get the real corporates get, get, or, or, or <laughs> corporates. Get the real culprits, corporate culprits on stage. And, let, and actually be honest about what you believe and let the American people judge that. We, we know where the Democrats are. We know what the Democrats are. I'm sick of the false choice between radical anti-American wrapped in the flag of the sickle and hammer versus radical anti-American wrapped in the stars and stripes. That to me is no choice. And, and, and I, you know, this is, this is not about, I didn't say anything about Trump. It's not about Trump. I know everybody thinks everything's about Trump, whatever. I'm talking about the whole Frickin' Republican system for the last 40 years. Seriously, it's all, it, this is a joke. This is a freaking joke. I said, and I'm done with this. I'll finish right here. I said this, in fact, two years before Donald Trump was elected, you know, and he was turning into this phenomenon. And all these prognostications and this and that. And I said, you know, the real, the real test to me is look at your fundamental rights. Look at them three or four years from then, right? After, after Trump's in office, at the end of his, uh, at the end of his presidency. And, and tell me, which of your fundamental rights have greater respect, greater protection from this federal government? And maybe to what extent? I, I just don't know. I don't know that, I mean, again, admittedly, as we've been on the inside, I see people in there trying to fight the bureaucratic state in the executive agencies and and. and and unwind some of these things. And I, and you know, probably the one area is maybe religious liberty. Cause I think a lot of people, you know, people mobilized from the church and went inside the administration and they're there and they've pushed hard in that realm. But aside from that, it's really hard to think of anything where I can look around today as opposed to, let's say, middle of the Obama administration and think, yeah, yeah, there, there have been tremendous measures put in 
to, to secure our rights. Our rights are so much more secure uh, than they were six years ago. If I'm wrong, guys, tell me. Well, I mean, what are they? Sh show me. Show me what strides the federal government has made. Because here we go again, having the privilege to pick out who's going to rule over us for another four years and continuing to perpetuate this mentality that the guy in the White House is going to save America. Either, either the guy going in the White House is going to destroy America or the guy going in the White House is going to save America. It seems to me we're still in the same place we were with that same mentality not too many years ago. And if anything, it, it may be even worse. I, I, I almost feel like more of the people have stopped fighting at their level now that we have our Messiah uh, than, than before. I feel like there, you know, and maybe you say, oh, there's more of a threat. But that's the whole point. That's the whole point. How is it we perceive that it, you know, our fundamental rights are better? Or are we still like the average Joe on the street? Is it all about how many dollars you can promise to put in my pocket. I mean, is that really it? Are, are we, is that still how this works? I mean, Bloomberg brags about a congressman costing $4.76 million to buy. That's pretty cheap in the big scheme of things. But here's my question, and I'll leave you with this. How much does it cost to buy a voter? How much do we cost? I mean, it's still about the money in my pocket and these promises of free stuff. How much does it cost to buy a voter? And Rombo, I'm with you, brother. I am with you. That's always my plan. Plan B. Always plan B. Bible, beans, bullets, bullion. That's the plan, plan B. You better always have plan B because ain't no president coming to save you. You better save yourself. God bless. See you next time.